Welcome to the Boston University Future Ready Podcast, where we'll discuss all things related to individualized learning and preparing youth for college, career, and beyond. We're a production out of the Boston University Center for Future Readiness. I'm your host, Erin Jakes, a Boston University Educational Research Scientist, and I'm joined by my co-host, BU Professor Dr. Scott Solberg and BU Research Scientist Dr. Chong Park. On this podcast, we engage in conversation, reflections, and discussions with N4 educators, family, and community members, policymakers, and all those interested in supporting all youth in becoming ready to take on the future. In our first NTK or Need to Know episode, where we tell you what you need to know about a topic or idea in a quick 10-minute or less introduction, we'll be talking about a plan by many names, the Individualized Learning Plan, Personalized Career and Academic Plan, and a few other names from across the United States. What is PCAP really? How is it beneficial for students, teachers, and families? Where can I learn more? Let's get into what you need to know about ILPs or PCAPs. We have with us on this podcast Dr. Scott Solberg, a leading researcher and college and career readiness expert with years of experience supporting educators, policymakers, with the implementation of individualized learning plans. So Scott, what is an ILP or PCAP? Well, great. Thank you, Erin and and Chong. This is exciting to get started on these short bits. And this has been one of the big issues, right? The ILP, is it an IEP, PCAPs, all these different terms. So so individualized learning plan was something that was coined originally through the American School Counseling Association, Ron Geisberg, years ago, picked up by the Education Commission of the States. And if there's one consensus nationally, it's that nobody likes the name ILP. And so states have been creating their own naming conventions. In Massachusetts, we call it My Career and Academic Plan. Colorado, the Individual Career and Academic Plan. The um, Coalition for Career Development, which is a a national organization really trying to make career readiness the number one education priority, they're really supporting, they've made made this whole ILP their number one, um, one of five main pillars. And they they are the ones who refer to as the personalized career and academic plan. But most states are usually putting that career and academic in there and the plan in there somewhere. And the idea of it being personalized, it being the student-driven, um, focus on the student and trying to align their interests, their skills, their talent to helping them think about their future pathways. Those are some of the key themes that make this a unique um, enterprise. But that, that's really the naming piece of it. And we have, you know, out of the 50 states, we have probably 20, 30 different naming conventions. So, but they're all talking about the same thing. And so you, met, you mentioned this briefly in your explanation, but what do we mean when we're saying a process and a product? Can you just explain a little bit more about what that might look like? I know, Chong, you also are working with community partners, and they might have their own idea of what a process or a product might look like as it relates to PCAP. Let's think about, like, today right now, we're, we're with Sociedad Latina, which is an important organization that's really been collaborating with us on the design of lessons. And the process involves having caring, encouraging adults. And so in this case, we're Sociedad's working directly with Um, with many immigrant populations and Latinx youth, we need to have conversations with them that are culturally enriching, responsive types of things. And so the process is how are we connecting with youth around things that they're interested in, in a way that they find um, meaningful and relevant. And to do that, then we we create these these conversation lessons, plus there's a technology, and then there's, there's culminating conversations as well. So when we talk about the process, it's helping youth find their own meaning, their own sense of understanding, and then understanding then the relevance of academics, the relevance of different learning opportunities in and out of school, 
Um, it's all about, again, the personalized experience. When we talk about the, um, as a process, we then, we then differentiate that from a product or a tool. It's where we start to get into the, the need for technology. And so a lot of the information that, that, pe- that you need to understand, and we do as well, comes out of technology. We have online systems that explain everything we need to know about the various occupations that are out there. How much money you make is what's the labor market opportunity? What are the education pathways? What do I need to know right now? What can I start doing in middle and high school? What are the early college opportunities? No single person has all that information, especially not for all the different occupations that are out there. And so the technology part as a tool is really critical to making this uh, PCAP process or again, the MICAP process work effectively. And so it is the intersection of those two. Now, a lot of times where we get confusion, is there'll be, a t- there'll be a particular group, like you have um, one of the more popular ones nationally is Naviance. Um, here in Massachusetts, we have a free access system called MIFA Pathway. We also have um, the, the Mass CIS, which is Massachusetts Career Information System. These are examples of systems, um, and people will then associate the ILP with the name of the system. Well, the technology does not drive the ILP process. It's the encouragement, it's the conversation, it's specific exploration activities within that technology or it's or other kinds of dialogues and conversations. And so it's really critical to separate these two pieces out um, as we go through. In our collaboration with Societa Latina, I think we really prioritize the involvement of um, the staff members as well as the parents in the design of the curriculum as well as implementation and evaluating um, the, uh, the lessons. Um, so I think um, it's again uh, the, the, the talking point about having meaningful conversations with the uh, important stakeholders. You know, it is a really continuous process. Um, having conversations with um, you know, not only the, the, the children who receiving the services, but the, the parents as well as the staff members also involved in the collaboration mm-hmm. that's going on. Yeah, and I think, Erin, you've got some experience. Obviously, you're helping host this, but you're also in the involved in it as well, especially with Boston Public Schools. How is it emerging for them, the difference between this idea of a process and, and, the, and the idea of the tool or the, the kind of the techniques involved? Yeah, I think the process is really manifesting as extensive collaboration with school-based folks um, and really trying to embed the process within the larger systems to Mm -hmm. kind of focus on sustainability and this idea of continuous improvements and how are we really collaborating to make sure this isn't just a checklist type thing. This is really something that's embedded in a larger curriculum or experience that students are going through. And so I think that's the process bit. The product bit is is obviously challenging when students maybe are changing schools or they're transitioning between grades and there is a lot of careful conversation and and planning around how are we envisioning what students are creating or producing as they're going through these experiences. How are they maybe logging these conversations or blogging about this or creating videos or those types of things that can travel with them from school to school. And I think, yeah, that's a really good point. I think what the online systems that we've been mentioning, what they provide is a portfolio. So as long as the student has access to their accounts as they move between systems, um, they should be able to have access to all their materials. And I think they're building it so that the middle to high school transition should be seamless mm-hmm. if they're using the same system, which they are you know, certainly in, in Boston and some other areas. But you're right, that is a major component is we want the student to be able to invest their time 
in this sort of portfolio process. And what the portfolio becomes is a place where it records their interests, it records careers they've explored, maybe some post-secondary pathways, but it's also giving them a place to put in some of their narrative and some of their ideas about themselves as they're kind of putting the meeting together. You mentioned a really important part around how as the schools are getting into this in Boston, they're starting to hopefully see the intersection, right? So things like social-emotional learning is a major part of what this PCAP is all about. It's, it's about reflecting on the human skills that you have. And those human skills relate to the world of work in ways that even us as adults don't realize that this fourth industrial revolution is all about what is it the technology can't take away? Well, they can't take caring. They can't take empathy. They can't take complex communication. A lot of our youth are developing these skills, but they don't realize just how marketable they are for the future. So that's one of the neat intersections of what we're doing within, within the PCAP or the ILP. And the other thing we're doing is we're looking at the sort of planning skills, right? Put, setting out goals, putting out a sense of, and we can think of them as smart goals, but you have to have a future orientation too. What's my purpose and where am I going? And that becomes really critical for them to see that post-secondary, military, graduating with certifications and credentials, all of that is around helping me become an emerging adult. And so it's, it's really exciting to see as that occurs, um, how you start really looking at their education now as a really powerful opportunity to get them, to help them become more successful adults. Yeah. And I think, you know, as, as you alluded to, um, with the touching on community partners, with touching on school partners, the, the PCAP can exist in a lot of different forms in different spaces across education and in different policy conversations and with employers in all sorts of spaces. So I think, you know, one of the most important pieces we've talked about in this conversation is the importance of collaboration. And so as folks are listening to this conversation, what are some ways they can learn more about the PCAP or get involved in some of the additional teams that might already exist to be developing the PCAP in their own spaces? We have a lot, a lot that Aaron, you've been helping to build, right? So we have an administrative guide. We also have some um, how-to guides. We kind of just describe the nature of it and provide a general understanding. We have some publications, a book. There's also a book out there. And we'll certainly list those references and resources as part of the, the, the podcast. Um, I think one of the things you mentioned I really want to really dig into is collaborations. It is not, this is not just a school counselor driven model. It's not just a school driven model. It's a community based model. So as you see, we're here with Sociedad Latina because they're a very successful community based organization really helping you get into the post-secondary and get their future started. And we saw that as a natural place where we could embed this kind of work. It's fantastic to then have schools working with community-based organizations and working with business. And so helping get youth access to work-based learning, which isn't just getting jobs. It's also meaningful, caring adult conversations with employers has a huge effect. It actually has effect on future wage earnings and it decreases later unemployment every single conversation they get with, a, with an employer. So this, this process, right, of collaboration is there. And then we got to bring higher ed into the space too because we need to help them see the connections and the connectivity that they have within the higher ed space. And so this is really an initiative that ties together so many of the different initiatives we have going on within our community. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's when it starts working and we start seeing examples of that community-based focus, it's a very powerful and exciting um, enterprise. I think that's about all we have time for today. Is that a wrap? Um, so I think as we just want to wrap up, we will be providing links to all of those resources that Scott mentioned and some of the organizations and coalition that we mentioned as well for folks to explore further. 
Thank you for joining us to learn more about PCAPs and be sure to check out our other Need to Know episodes for content related to a lot of the points we've discussed today. And we will also be having some deep dive episodes where we'll be bringing on special guests to discuss specific topics in more depth and learn some about their experiences. Make sure you're following the BU Center for Future Readiness on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like the video if you'd enjoyed it and comment for what else you'd like us to discuss or special guests you think we should be bringing on. We definitely want to hear from our listeners. Thanks for tuning in.